Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Yeah, Greeny with you here, presented by Progressive Insurance. Busy as we roll towards Christmas here. Uh, what have we covered so far today? Packers, a big win. Rodgers, playoff hopes remain alive. Jalen Hurts, the injury. All things considered, probably comes at a great time for the Eagles. If this injury happened a month ago and he missed three weeks, that would have been a lot bigger problem than it is now. Uh, I told you that I think they need him back the last week of the season. I think he needs to play one more time. I don't think you want him sitting from whatever Sunday was, December 18th until January 21st and not playing a game in between those. That doesn't feel like a good formula to me. I listened to hours of talk radio in Philadelphia yesterday afternoon just to kind of get a pulse of where the fan base is at. And almost universally, everyone is enraged at the coaching staff for running him so much. The city is very much on Jalen Hurts' side in that the Eagles are asking him to do too much. Now, I think it probably goes both ways. Jalen Hurts is also, in some sense, electing to run. But they've also designed 119 plays in which he ran the ball. That was the design of the play. And so part of me wonders if that's something that the Eagles might consider holding against him in negotiations. I think it's going to come up in Baltimore, too. It's a very interesting dynamic because you have a dual-threat quarterback. He's great at both. And his ability to be great at both is what has made him the MVP. But that's what the city is focused on right now. Are they asking Jalen Hurts to do too much? And is that why he got injured? Look, I've said a million times, if you listen to me, and I was saying this about Cam Newton, and I got shouted down. But I always proved to be right. Mine is that rare genius that is not going to be fully appreciated until long after my time. Mine is that sort of rare genius that will not be fully appreciated until long after its time. The genius, you said? Your genius. He's genius, eh? We're not going to appreciate your brilliance until you're gone. Brilliant. At a time when quarterbacks are routinely playing late into their 30s and making 30, 35, $45 million a year to do it. God knows when we get 10 years from now what those salaries are going to look like. $60, $70 million a year. The reason that NBA players are load managing is not because it gives them a better chance of being healthy when the playoffs come this year. It's because they want to tack another year or two or three on at the ends of their careers because those are worth 30 and 35 and $40 million a year to them. So here's where I think this becomes a factor. Cam Newton was Josh Allen before Josh Allen was Josh Allen. Look up how old Cam Newton is. 33. Cam Newton's been out of the league for over a year. I mean, he's just done, an afterthought. Why? Because he's been beaten to shreds. And everyone told me, no, Greeny, you don't understand. He's so big. He's so strong. They didn't make two of them like him. They don't make them like Cam Newton. He, he's Superman. He can t- No, no, he can't. You cannot be routinely hit by professional football players and not have it take a toll. So it's going to happen to Jalen Hurts, and it's going to happen to Lamar Jackson, and yes, it's going to happen to Josh Allen too. I know he looks like Thor, but eventually you just can't get hit that many times by people who in many cases are just as big as you are and just as strong, and have bad intentions, and not have it take a toll. I wouldn't be worried about it from a a Jalen Hurts perspective on this next contract. And Jalen Hurts was a second-round pick. He hasn't made, by football standards, a lot of money. By normal human standards, he's doing extraordinarily well. But he's going to get his huge contract here. He's going to get a contract that is over $100 million and maybe $200 million. We're sure? I, I do think so. You don't? 
I just think the closest analog to Jalen Hurts is Lamar Jackson. But Lamar Jackson. Who has not gotten paid. But, but, but I think, and, and I don't have all the details on this, and I don't know that anyone does, but I believe Lamar Jackson, if he was willing to take the contract that Kyler Murray got, would have been paid by now. Why would he be willing to do that, though? I, because it's $200 million and you're setting up your family for 12 lifetimes. The NFL is treating the Deshaun Watson contract like an outlier. A fully guaranteed $230 million contract. The rest of the NFL is saying that was an outlier. That was done by a team that was desperate. And it cannot be used, it should not be used as precedent. And what Lamar Jackson rightly is saying, if I were his agent, I'd Mm. be saying the same thing, is... I don't care whether you think that was a terrible decision they made. That's the going price. You just reset the market. But it is not a coincidence that no one else has gotten there. So let's see if Burrow gets there. Let's see if um, Herbert, uh, well, Allen got his contract. Let's see if Herbert gets there. Let's see if Lamar gets there. I think that they would be willing to pay Lamar huge money. It just won't be (coughs) Deshaun Watson money, as I have said multiple times. I think he'll be a yacht within a yacht of Deshaun Watson one way or the other. (laughs) So I believe Lamar Jackson would have a ridiculous amount of money if he was willing to sign for the ridiculous amount of money they were willing to give him. And I think the Eagles will give that ridiculous amount of money to Jalen Hurts. Probably so. But is there someone, is there a party that is in the wrong here? Or should we just acknowledge, because Jalen Hurts is such a good runner, this is a risk that we're willing to take? Because we have a way of tracking these things. We, We track every time a quarterback was hit, either passing or rushing. And Jalen Hurts has been contacted this year 184 times. Only Justin Fields and Daniel Jones have been hit more. 184 hits. Like you said, it doesn't matter how big you are, how much you can squat, how much you can bench. Eventually, that takes its toll. And over the last two years, it has taken a toll on Lamar Jackson. So I think the future is actually a lot more murky in Philadelphia than what meets the eye. Yeah. Uh, Lamar Jackson and Russell Wilson and some others have a an extraordinary knack for not taking the big hit. Mm. Now, the hits do add up. The guy who was the worst at that is our colleague and a friend. I, I, I love the man. But RG3 was terrible at that. RG3, I don't know what it is. There's a knack. I think it has to do with baseball. The baseball guys are very good at sliding. Russell Wilson was a baseball Mahomes player. Did. Patrick Mahomes was yeah. a baseball player. They have the ability, and, and Lamar Jackson just has sort of a knack for not taking the big hit. That's why the injuries are nagging. It, yeah. they, they're, not, they're not like the big, oh, yeah. my God, he's out for the season with a broken leg kind of injuries. Josh Allen seeks out those hits. Josh Allen is looking for someone to punish when he's running with the football. It is a bad, <laughs> pardon me, it is a bad idea. So here's the question. If you are, if you are I like the question you have with Jalen Hurts here. If you take away or greatly diminish Jalen Hurts' ability to run with the ball, you are taking away part of what makes him so special. He's, he has made himself into a very good pocket passer. But what makes him the MVP of the league is that he combines that with tailback-level running of the football. If you take that away, then is he as good as Patrick Mahomes? Is he as good? Well, no, no one is. You are diminishing what he does so well. I understand fully that if you take that element away from Josh Allen, that you are diminishing what he does so well. But it's in everyone's interest, the team, the player, and everybody else involved, to limit the injury, limit the uh, hits that he takes. So the answer is somewhere in between. The, The answer is this isn't a science, it's an art. 
Like, you got to, it's not like, okay, the magic number is 116. He can get hit 116 times, but not 117. That's what the baseball people have all wrong. It's not a a pitch count. It's not an exact number Mm, of pitches. There's an art to this, not a science. So, have they gotten him hit too much? (coughs) Maybe. Is that why he's hurt now? I mean, you know, on any one hit that can happen, it doesn't look to me, you watch every snap, so you know better than I, it doesn't look like he's wearing down. I don't don't know that this, this hit is... This injury is the result of um, of of the of the buildup of the wear and tear as much as it is on any one hit. And this is another argument against doing it on any one hit that can happen. Yeah. So Jalen Hurts would not be close to the MVP of the league if you took away the running threat. Right. Again, they've called 119 designed runs for him. In my judgment, that is too many. But if you, what makes Jalen Hurts the MVP of the league is that the Eagles get to play 12 on 11. If the Eagles were playing 11 on 11, he's, not, he's a fringe Pro Bowl quarterback. You can't possibly tell me that a player who one year ago today could hardly pass as an NFL pocket passer would be Joe Burrow or Patrick Mahomes or anything close if you took away that ability. The, what makes Jalen Hurts special is that he's two players in one. He changes the math on every single play, and if you were to eliminate that from the equation, all of a sudden he and the Eagles are eminently beatable so I think the answer is you try as hard as you can to win a Super Bowl while he's this age and you do whatever you have to do and you run the risk of him getting hurt but as his career how what is he 24 years 24. old but as his career goes on um I think that if you're the Eagles you have to consider and if you're Hurts and his team I don't know who his team is but whatever people are around him I don't mean the Philadelphia Eagles as his team I mean the people around whom he surrounds himself you know what I mean need to be cognizant of just how much he gets hit because running backs don't play until they're 37. And that's the answer there. Okay. So many things that we haven't gotten to today, including the line from the dark night that I think is starting to apply to the greatest player of all time. You'll hear why next. This is Greeny on ESPN radio. Greeny, the podcast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had, happened in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Greeny today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. 
That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Sorry, I had my uh, volume down. I I was just looking at this. I literally just got this. We have more breaking news on on a day filled with breaking news. I told you a little while ago that uh, the Masters has announced that the live golfers will be allowed to play. That was our first piece of breaking news. Here comes our second. Robert Sala, the head coach of the New York Jets, has announced. I'm looking at Brandon. What are you hoping I'm about to say? My Jet fan friend, I know what you're hoping is that I'm going to say Mike White is playing. That is not the answer. He has announced that Zach Wilson will start Thursday against the Jaguars. This does not come as a surprise. He announced the decision, made it sound like he didn't have much of a choice. I'm just reading the story. Mike White, who fractured ribs nine days ago, sat out Sunday's loss to the Lions, wasn't cleared by doctors. The Jets have lost three straight, blah, blah, blah. Wilson returned from a three-game benching to face Detroit, was up and down, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, that's the story that we have here. Uh, Robert Sala has announced that Zach Wilson will start a, you know, massively important playoff game on Thursday night. And Schefter, Adam Schefter is reporting that the Jets have ruled out Mike White for the game. So that's where we are. Um, and it is what it is. I'm, I'm not surprised. I told you just a little while ago before I knew we were going to get this information today that when we saw that it was going to be Zach Wilson on Sunday, my expectation based on the circumstances was it was two games. Sunday, Thursday, you're not going to get that much healing time. So it was going to be a two-game chance for the second pick in the draft to prove himself worth it with absolutely everything on the line. And it didn't, it didn't happen for him on Sunday. As, as if you heard my show and you've listened to me, you know I, I still blame the coaching more than I blame the quarterback for that loss. But it doesn't change the fact that the quarterback is not good. He just simply isn't good. You hold your breath every time he does anything. And the fact that he does the occasional spectacular thing does not in any way overcome the fact that he doesn't do any of the easy things well. He scares you to death every time he drops back to pass. So... It's not a good scenario for the Jets who desperately need to win Thursday night to make the playoffs and add to it the fact that the Jaguars are hot, they're playing well, and they have a real chance to win their division, right? They're only one game behind Tennessee. I have that right, don't I? Who do the Titans play this week? I just saw their schedule a minute ago. They're playing a very cold game. um, Who are they playing this week? They're playing – you'll get that for me in a second – yeah, I'm pulling up the uh, the Titans uh, simulator for the chances down the stretch here. So the Titans uh, play the Texans. Then they play the Cowboys, and then they go to Jacksonville in Week 18, which Ooh, could very likely that could be for the division. division. That, that could look. Jacksonville is a team on the come. There are some teams that you look at in the NFL right now, and you say, "Boy, I love their future." Jacksonville is one of them. Chicago is one of them. Detroit is one of them. The Jets is one of them. Now, if you look at those four teams, two of them have, I think, a big advantage over the other two. And those are Jacksonville and Chicago, because I think they know who their quarterback is going to be. Now, I'm, I'm the, I cannot sit here and tell you that Trevor Lawrence is about to be a pro bowler for the next 10 years, nor can I tell you that Justin Fields is going to be. But we have definitively seen enough from both of them to say that's their quarterback going forward. You're building around that, that, that guy. You are designing an offense around that guy. That's my quarterback. 
In Detroit, I don't know where that stands. I'm, I'm not sure if you're them that you've decided Jared Goff is going to be your quarterback. And the Jets, who might have the most talent, actually, of any of the teams we just named, are overwhelmingly the most questionable quarterback situation. That That's the one where I'm definitively not convinced they have their week one starter next year on their roster. No doubt. And I think it's sort of an ironic twist of fate that it'll be Zach Wilson against Trevor Lawrence on Thursday in the national game in what will probably probably be the defining moment of Zach Wilson's career, frankly, against Trevor Lawrence, who uh, uh, last year was about what Zach Wilson was. I mean, if you look at their rookie performances, they were both dreadful, awful. Trevor Lawrence has taken a leap, uh, a year two leap, the likes of which, you know, some quarterbacks do and sort of commensurate with his talent. Zach Wilson has done the opposite. Like you can't feel like the two quarterbacks could not have gone in different directions from year one to year two. And the national audience on Thursday night is going to get to see that firsthand. Yeah. The, 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 the thing about that, I understand what you're saying and you're not wrong, but the thing about that is that it's, they didn't, the Jets didn't take Zach Wilson ahead of Trevor Lawrence where they played Chicago a few weeks ago. Justin Fields didn't play in that game. He was hurt. It was Trevor Simeon who played in that game. If that, that, that's the one, that's the one you're worried about. That, that's the one you picked. Anyone would have taken Trevor Lawrence first in that draft. If the right. Jets had the first pick, they would have taken Trevor Lawrence. This was not, it was not Zach Wilson over Trevor Lawrence. Right. What it is currently shaping up to be is Zach Wilson over Justin Fields, maybe over Mac Jones. I'm, I'm not sure where, I don't know where we are on Mac Jones. I actually still like Mac Jones. Like I, I still think he could be a good player. I still think he is exactly what we thought he was, which is a player with a very high floor and a very low ceiling, and or, or a comparatively low ceiling. Like I think he had the has the ability to become a good NFL quarterback, not a great one. the The fact that he has digressed so much, I think, has everything to do with the coaching. Like you look at him and you say, why, what, what, if you're going to use Occam's razor, which is like the, 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 the most, the likeliest explanation for something is the most obvious explanation. Well, you tell me, why would that kid who looked so good in so many ways as a rookie with Josh McDaniels as his coach have all of a sudden be making all the mistakes you don't expect him to make? If it isn't, if the answer isn't Joe Judge and Matt Patricia, like I, Nuno, is there a better explanation for what has happened to Mac Jones than that? Is there any other explanation? The other explanation is Mac Jones suddenly stopped being so smart. Like he was ridiculously smart, ridiculously football savvy, r- ridiculously advanced in terms of his understanding of the game. That didn't stop being the case. So it has to be the coaching in New England, doesn't it, Nuno? That's what it feels like, right? And I heard, uh, Feinbaum this morning on KJM talk about they brought up the Bill O'Brien like should is that the guy that Belichick should call Nick Saban and be like hey can I get this guy back to get Mac Jones back to what we thought he could be and actually a very serviceable quarterback what guy who who, who does he want back well uh uh Bill O'Brien like oh oh, oh as his OC but I'll ask you this Belichick has felt like he's dug his heels in where these are the guys I've chosen. It's not working, but I'm not changing anything. Do you think Belichick gets to the end of this year and says, I screwed up, I made the wrong decision, I need to fix this? I think he can sell it differently, which is to say I think he can say, you know, I wanted to um – Gain some other guys some advantage, uh, some experience. I wanted to, it's all about everyone sort of expanding their area of expertise and all that kind of stuff. But the opportunity came up to get 
this guy, whoever that person is, Cliff Kingsbury or someone like that, I could see him doing it. Look, Bill is a lot of things, and, and, and stubborn is probably one of them. But the one thing he definitively isn't is stupid, and no one knows what's going on there better than he does. So I find it impossible to believe he doesn't recognize that this is a problem. For sure. But I also think he's becoming increasingly paranoid in his old age and doesn't trust anyone because you don't make Joe Judge <laughs> and Matt Patricia your co-OCs, for lack of a better term, unless you don't trust anyone else to do the job. That's why Bill O'Brien makes so much sense because he knows he can do the job because he has. Why would he trust anyone else? Why would he leave the, his own coaching tree? Why would he all of a sudden deviate from this? this is, Bill, Bill Belichick has become the most successful coach ever in part by empowering his guys, his guys, always his guys. He even brought his guys back when they failed elsewhere, like Judge and like Patricia, right? So I don't know that. The, I think and Romeo Cornell. So I think and Charlie right. Weiss. So it would be out of character if he deviated and just hired some rando to be to call his play. It would, but uh, at some point, the, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again. And Mac Jones is about to be driven crazy <laughs> by what they have going there. So anyway, that quarterback class from last year is there's never going to be a time. When five quarterbacks get drafted in round one, and it isn't fascinating to watch. And the stories thus far, it's been kind of Shakespearean. Like Trevor Lawrence got drafted on a team that Urban Meyer was the coach of. Like, could things possibly have started worse for Trevor Lawrence? Nothing has ever been worse than what he was dealing with. And now he's got good coaching, actually very good coaching. I think Doug Peterson is a really good quarterbacks coach (coughs) in particular. And look at him. Zach Wilson, that's been Shakespearean also, but in the opposite kind of way. Trey uh, Lance, that's been Shakespearean. Like, he just can't get a break. That's awful. Who knows what's going to happen with him? The the ultimate would be if he winds up with Tom Brady being the quarterback there next year. Uh, Justin Fields got drafted into a terrible situation, and look at him overcoming it like crazy here in year number two, and then Mac Jones we just went through. So that quarterback class will always be fascinating to watch. This is Greeny coming to you live from the Seaport, brought to you by Patron. Perfection starts with Patron. Lots still to do, including my new favorite movie quote, which applies, I think, at this point, to the greatest player of all time. Greeny, the podcast. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We'll have it all for you on Sunday. Looking forward to it. The traditional Christmas presentation. We'll have the five games for you again. They'll be simulcast on ABC and on ESPN. And we will be, my, my crew will be out in L.A. So I'll have Stephen A. and Jalen and Michael Wilbon and Woj and company. And we will <clears throat> take you through the entire day. So we hope that you will spend Christmas with us. A lot of fun. Coming your way from the NBA. What makes AutoZone America's number one battery destination? It's because they offer free battery testing and charging and reliable replacement batteries starting at just $79.99. They've always got your battery solution. Get in the zone with AutoZone. Very quickly, we were just reading, not reading, we were just having a conversation about Mac Jones and the Patriots and the quarterbacks from last year and all the rest of it. And Patriot Ray, a.k.a. Cuffy, sent me a text that says, Mac Jones is better than Zach Wilson. 
Kraft and Belichick will need to have a let's make this look like your decision talk in the offseason, which is to say that maybe Belichick is being forced to make a decision here by the owner, Robert Kraft. And I don't know. I really don't know much about the inner workings of that relationship. The relationship between Bill and Kraft is a complicated one. The relationship between Bill and Brady is, of course, the much more interesting one. They will forever be um, joined, right? We, we will always connect the two of them with each other. And to whatever degree <coughs> there's a rivalry slash there's a choice to be made amongst us, right? I mean, Brady has the ultimate trump card in the debate. He won a championship without Bill. And until and unless Bill does that, then Brady wins. Now, I don't know what winning that means. It may not mean anything to Brady. I I really don't know. But for whatever it's worth, that's the way it is. I'll tell you what it reminds me a little bit of. Do you remember when Shaq first left Los Angeles and left Kobe and others behind? And Shaq went down to Miami and won a championship with Dwayne Wade. And for some period of time, he had a fourth ring and Kobe only had three and Shaq had his without Kobe and Kobe didn't have his. And if you remember, I'm not going to say what it was he rapped, but do you remember a rap that um, Shaq ad-libbed in a nightclub? No, no, you know what I'm talking about, right? Yep. Aimed directly at Kobe. There were, there were real feelings there. And what happened? <laughs> Kobe put together a championship team. They got Pau Gasol and he wound up winning two. And that's the way that thing went. And so to whatever degree that was always one versus the other, Kobe had the upper hand. Again, I, I don't know what that wound up meaning. I mean, everything with Kobe now, it's so difficult to talk about because of the, the unimaginable tragedy of his life ending so young. But to whatever degree that was important to either of them at the time, that's where that netted out. I don't know how important all this is between Brady and Belichick, but I think Brady, no matter how badly this season is going, look, it's not like he's 1-14, in right? I mean, the team has been below average. He's been below average, but, and this came up on the TV show today, Hembo, the great ones don't usually go out great. The great ones usually need to have it proven to themselves that they're not great anymore. I mean, Willie Mays is a Met. That's not how you remember Willie Mays. I mean, if you're old enough to remember Willie Mays, you have some recollection of Willie Mays as a Met in the early 70s, but Willie Mays will forever be the center fielder of the Giants in the 50s, and, and that's, that's who he will always be. Tom Brady will always be the great quarterback of the Patriots all through those years, and one of the longest primes that any athlete has ever had in the sport, and that'll always be the way he's remembered. And he won't decide to hang it up until he realized, look, he had the opportunity to retire. He freaking did it, and it didn't take because he didn't want to be done because last year he was left with a taste in his mouth that I can still do this. I can still be great. He, I believe, will have to make an honest assessment for himself at the end of this season. Was this just about everything around me falling apart, or am I just not me anymore? Mm. And I think that decision, and I don't know which way he'll go on it, but I think he'll be honest with himself. Whichever way he goes on that will determine whether he plays next year or not. When you watch Tom Brady play, what do you see? Do you still see a quarterback who's good enough to lead even a good team around him deep into the playoffs, or do you think that cliff has finally come? Yes, which is to say, I think the circumstances around Brady, particularly of his offensive line, are 
something that he, in particular, has no chance to overcome. I think he still could be good enough, I think. I don't know this for sure. He knows this. I don't know what he knows, which is if he had the protection that he needs and the right weapons, could he still be consistently excellent? Obviously, he can still make the throw every now and again. When he's 70, he'll still be able to make the throw. You put Vinny Testaverde on a field right now. He could make five NFL throws. The problem is you have to be able to make 30 in a game, and at some point you just can't do that anymore. And I don't know if Brady can do that anymore or not, but you know who knows that? He knows that. You're sure he knows that because you just said the great ones often don't or the last ones to find well, out. Well, he may, he may go the wrong way. He may think he can and wind up having to be proven wrong. So do you think it'll be him that says no more or the league, someone else, the rest of us will say, we don't want you anymore? I think ultimately it'll be him. You think that we, there will be someone out there that wants Tom Brady, but even so, he'll say, I'm done. I think that next year there will definitively be someone out there who wants Tom Brady, and I think it's 50-50 that he retires. 50-50. Right now. I think it's 50-50 that he just says, <coughs> I'm not playing at the level that I have played at and that, that makes me satisfied to keep doing this. He does have exactly where he's going next. Like one of the things that a lot of athletes struggle with is what does my life look like when I'm not a player anymore? He has that in place. And a lot of the rhythm and the routine will be similar. It won't be anywhere near the same, but it'll be similar with the games and everything else. Remember, need I remind everyone, he has a $375 million offer from Fox, not (laughs) offer, deal, contract with Fox waiting for him to go and do the games. So (coughs) he, he has... He will have the easiest landing in the history of, of landings. The other way that th- this might go is there might be teams out there that want him that he doesn't want to go play for. So he might have a very short list of places that he looks at and says, I can go there and I like the situation. I like where I'd be living and I can win. And the one that checks all of those boxes is San Francisco. That's the really obvious one. So the question is, so, so, so I guess what I'm trying to say is John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan might actually be the ones who decide whether or not Tom Brady retires. Hmm. If they want him, I think he plays. If they don't want him, I'm not sure I find a place. Well, let me get Nuno and, and Bubba in on a little bit of this. It wasn't where I meant to go, but I like it. Bubba and Nuno, either one of you guys, can you name a team that you can say next year I plug Tom Brady in as the quarterback and they've got a re- he's got a real chance at being very successful, and they have a real chance to win the Super Bowl. I've given you San Francisco. Is there another one? Uh, Seattle? Mm. Like, I'm trying to think. I don't think so. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, you're talking about the offensive line. Like, I thought about the Raiders, but are they better off with Tom Brady or Derek Carr at this point in time next year? Like, it, it just – I don't know if there is a spot that he, that makes sense for the team, not necessarily Tom Brady at this point. Right. But but even even let's say it made sense for the team. Like I mean don't say Kansas City or someone like that. I mean, someone who obviously doesn't need a quarterback. Does this team even exist? I'm not sure outside of San Francisco it exists. Tell me why no for Tennessee. I brought up Tennessee yesterday. Tell me why no for Tennessee. They're built on running the ball with Henry. They have a good young receiver. The kid from Arkansas's name just Traylon jumped out Burks. of my head. Traylon Burks um, is a good player. Uh, it's a good defense. His good old defense. teammate as the head coach. It's an easy division. Weather's, weather's generally pretty good. I don't know if that's an easy division. 
I don't know how long that stays an easy division. Jacksonville might not make that so easy. But your point is well taken. Plus, I mean, let's don't forget that once the Titans lose in the playoffs, Vrabel's going to be fired. So Vrabel is not. I know Bubba has been on this Vrabel is getting fired train for quite a while. You just wait. They're going to collapse again in the playoffs. If they they even make the playoffs. Yeah, they may not even make the playoffs. (laughs) They make the playoffs. They could easily not make the playoffs. And they'll get fired then? Okay, that's that's not a bad one. That's not a bad one. Nashville, I think, has become an increasingly desirable place to live. I don't know that 15 years ago, Tom Brady would have looked at Nashville and said, that's where I want to live. Now he might. I think the weather there is generally pretty good, right? Like, that's that's not a cold weather mm-hmm. place. But, but Greeny, if he And goes the division to- doesn't have cold weather. Sorry, Nuno. But the road games are Houston, Indianapolis, which is a dome, and Jacksonville. That's not bad. Nuno. All right, but let's play this. He goes to Tennessee. Mahomes, Allen, Lamar. Deshaun Watson after another year. Burrow, uh, where's where they fit in? And so I think it has to be an NFC team based upon the mm. fact that the quarterbacks that he's going to have to compete against. Yeah, that's. I mean, that if you could pick exactly the scenario right now, if you're someone like him, then yes, I totally appreciate that you would rather go to the NFC. But those things, well, they're not cyclical because Burrow's not going anywhere, Allen's not going anywhere, and Mahomes is not going anywhere. So. I don't have another idea. I, I think the likeliest scenario, and then I want to go back to the line from the movie that I use all the time, because Stephen A's on first take yesterday saying it looks like it's time. It looks like it's time. And people are seeing Brady, and even I, who admire Brady beyond words, like I'm watching him turn the ball over four consecutive times last week in the third quarter of a, not only a winnable game, but a game that his team is leading when that begins. And I'm thinking, boy, it's funny how he's not yelling at anybody else now. And it reminds me of that line from Dark Knight that you either die a hero or you live long enough to become a villain. All-time greats generally live long enough to become a villain. It just is not easy. Look, I've, I, I will never know what this feels like, and neither will any of you guys, but to be the best in the world at something and to have to give it up at a young age can't be easy. Like Michael Jordan, I, I used to say all the time to people before Michael came back with the Wizards, like, he's not going to be a happy man. Michael Jordan... The most important thing in his life, and I think this has been the case with Brady as well, has been being the best in the world at what he does. And when he's not that anymore, that's hard. And and and, and so Brady is going to have a hard time with that. Like the great ones, that's why they don't leave so fast. Jerry Rice played a year in Seattle at the very end, didn't he? When did he come back? Did he come back to Denver one year, like in training camp, like at the age of 40, he still wanted to try? Like these guys don't want to stop because in one of the many reasons they don't want it's not about money. You could say, oh, Brady's got all the money. Yeah, he's going to make more money not playing than he's making now. I think his, his contract is $37.5 million a year to be a broadcaster. That's not why he's playing. He hasn't needed money in a really long time. He's playing because I would guess – being the best in the world at something is a lot of fun, especially when that something is a lot of fun. And it's one thing to stop doing it in your 60s, your 70s. It's another thing to stop doing it in your 30s, or in his case, in his 40s. That's why the great ones very rarely walk away. So that's what I think about the Brady situation. So I don't know if he will come back or not, but we'll, we'll wait and see what happens. All right. Very quickly, before we go, we mentioned the NBA. We got the five games coming up this weekend. I'm looking forward to that. Was it yesterday that Lillard passed Drexler? So, so uh, Nuno, we're going to have some fun with this. Hembo's going to give us some teams. Damian Lillard passed Clyde Drexler 
and became the all-time leading scorer in Portland Trailblazers history, which is a, a big deal, being a franchise's all-time leading scorer, and he was talking about how that was important to him. Hembo has a couple of other interesting ones for us on, on who was the all-time leading scorer. Nuno, you and I are going to guess. You ready? Let's go. Who was the all-time leading scorer in the history of the Hornets? Is it uh, is it Larry Johnson? I mean, he was. How long was he there? Because he went to the Knicks. How long was Mourning there? Th- those are the Hornets that I'm thinking of. How long was Chris Paul a Hornet? Just thinking of the guys who were there. Del Curry. It's not where he played most of his career. I'm gonna. I'm gonna guess Chris Paul. Uh, Del Curry second. Larry Johnson's fourth. Kemba Walker is oh, first. Oh, that hurts. <laughs> Nuno, that hurts. The New York kid, neither of us said it. That's painful. Who's the all-time leading scorer in the history of the NBA Nets? So not including the ABA. Mm-hmm. So that, that, that you're saying that because you're taking out Julius Irving. Correct. Because he played so much of his time there in the ABA. I know this answer. So Bubba, Bubba says he knows the answer. We've done this on the air before. Oh, so then don't say it. Give us a second. The all-time leading scorer in the history of the NBA's Nets. I mean, going back to my childhood, they had like Super John Williamson and people like that. He's but sixth? He's sixth. Who was on those teams? See, the guys who were on those teams, so, like Richard Jefferson and Jason Kidd, the teams it, that it, went to the finals. fourth and it, fifth? It was a Lopez, but I, I always get confused which one, either Robin or Brooke. I can't remember which, which Lopez one. Which Lopez is it? Brooke. That's correct. <laughs> I All get right, confused, yes. I'll take it. And then he passed I think, like Buck Williams, right? I yeah. think it was a Lopez is an acceptable answer. <laughs> I will take it. All right, give us one more. Uh, Memphis, the Grizzlies, the all-time leading scorer uh, in the history of the Grizzlies. Uh, it's it's so, very soon going to be John Morant. So go it's ahead. either Stoudemire or Zach Randolph. So it has, uh, uh, it's, I'm going to go with Zach Randolph. I'm going Zach. Who are we forgetting? How, how long was Gasol there? Like how how long was? So Zach Randolph is third, and Paul Gasol is fourth. Okay. Mark Gasol is second. Okay. Who's first? Uh, uh, so is it Damon Stoudemire? Is it Damon Stoudemire? It no. is not. Who is it? It is Mike Conley. Oh, oh my that's God. Good. That's excruciating. <laughs> These are tough, but fun. I love that stuff. Again, we'll have five tough games for you fair. on Christmas. Tough, but fair. And we'll be back in Better Than Ever tomorrow on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Or watch the show through the Watch tab on the ESPN app. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcasts.